Welcome to The Winnow, a podcast about dining in the South and beyond. I'm Hannah Raskin, food editor at The Post and Courier. My name is Dave Infante. I'm a food reporter here at The Post and Courier. And Hannah, I must know, where is the Chinese food? <laughs> <laughs> so Dave is saying this because this is a question that, and I don't know if realtors still give out the list, like all the things you have to do now that you've moved to town. But if they do, I think one box is like call The Post and Courier and complain that you can't find a Chinese American <laughs> restaurant because we hear from all of them. I mean, I would say, I mean, no exaggeration, I get this question at least three to five times a week. Wow. Yeah. So when I started here, which was only about, a, oh, just coming up on two months ago, mm-hmm. um, the I sent out the first email newsletter, which by the way, if you haven't subscribed, please go to postandcourier.com forward slash newsletters and subscribe to the food newsletter. But when I sent that first one out, I got a bunch of feedback, um, a lot of it positive, which was pretty cool. And a lot of it centered on, uh, hey, do a story about why there's no good Chinese food in Charleston. Right, because now people are holding me personally responsible for it. And I think when you said in your email newsletter, like, hey, I'm here from the Northeast, they're like, oh, finally, somebody who understands. This guy's going to get this it. Guy's he understands get it. my right, struggles. Right. He he's knows. from Brooklyn. He's, like, yeah, yeah, he's he, not holding back. Um, so I then, you know, doing what any any good hack reporter does. Does, I was like, man, people seem to be interested in this. So I turned to you and said, Hannah, we should do a story on why there's no good Chinese food in Charleston. And I think I saw a little bit of your soul die. Uh, when you, tell me why. Right. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah. So it, what's what's frustrating, and so and part of this too is you can fill in pretty much any um, global cuisine you remember from the northern city you moved here from that they had. I, we can explain there is a reason it is not here, but we're going to focus today on Chinese food, specifically Chinese American food. Right. I have yet to feel the call. Someone's like, hey, you know, I can't find this, you know, Beijing specialty. Like that is not what people want. People do not want hot pot. People do not want, I mean, things that are very commonplace in other major American cities. That's not what they want. They want lo mein. They want chop suey. They want beef and broccoli. Also, some of this also depends on where in the Northeast you came from. So, you know, so I grew up with- General says chicken. Almond chicken. Yeah, Yeah, almond chicken is not as big outside in the Midwest. So that's a whole other story. Um, The reason I feel um, somewhat uh, uh, having enough enough expertise to talk about this is I actually, as many of my readers know- um, I did not know this. Did not know this. I'm going to repeat it. Uh, Did my graduate work and wrote my master's thesis on the relationship between Jews and Chinese food. And so at the time, this was the, as we call it, the turn of the century, I guess. So at that time, uh, nobody was writing about that. Like I went for years where every Christmas I would get the calls about, can you explain this Jews and Chinese food thing? Because it was still like unknown outside of the Jewish community. Who were the calls coming for? Like from local newspapers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We were like, we'd heard that like maybe a synagogue in town was doing doing something with Chinese right, food. Right. like, what's this all about? I mean, so now this is a whole sidebar, but now, now that's what we're here for. Exactly. So now the idea of what's called Jewish Christmas, meaning Chinese food in a movie has become so accepted that look, the Jews always are worried about something, but the biggest worry is that we're losing <laughs> Jewish Christmas to the Christians. It is so <laughs> frustrating. So those who could be celebrating Christmas are now celebrating Jewish Christmas. It's just one thing we wanted. Anyway, so point being, back in 2001, <laughs> the history of American Chinese food was really just being written um, in a scholarly academic setting as well as in, in journalism. So I'm not saying that 
those who ran these restaurants weren't, you know, acutely aware of the history of of, of Chinese food in America, but it had not been documented at that point right. anywhere close to as much as it has been now. So, um, so it was really fun doing some of this early work about Chinese food history in this country. So that was your master's thesis. That's right, and they gave me a degree for that. Congratulations Thank on your you. degree. Congratulations on all your. I'm so glad you're letting me put it to use. <laughs> well, because that was when when I first started barking up this tree. I think part of your exasperation was because you feel this this has been asked and answered, and yet very clearly it has not been. And right. and so that's part of the reason we're doing the pod today, doing the window today about um, about Charleston's uh, Chinese food, Chinese American food scarcity is because. Yep. For whatever reason, um, probably has something to do with the fact that so many people are moving to Charleston for the first time. Um, but it remains a very, very uh, top of mind question for a lot of our readers, <laughs> despite your best efforts. <laughs> Try, man, I'm trying. But here's the other interesting thing. Okay, so here's the answer. The answer is that Chinese American food, as we know it, on this side of the country, obviously, you know, it developed somewhat differently in the Pacific Northwest and along the West Coast. But let's deal primarily with East of the Mississippi. Sure. Um, it is it really stems from New York, not exclusively. You can you know, you can tell me about a guy who moved to Pittsburgh and opened a restaurant, but it is primarily a New York tradition. And certainly Jews eating Chinese food is a completely New York tradition. Um, so that's where it comes from. And not surprisingly, New York and Charleston have very different histories. And, <laughs> and what? So, yeah. So we did not have the pattern of, of Chinese immigration to this part of South Carolina that they did in New York City. Now, that does not mean there were not Chinese immigrants to the South historically. If you go even today to the Mississippi Delta, there is a long tradition of, of Chinese merchants there. Again, I'm not saying there were never Chinese merchants. And in fact, I've written about some of the uh, early Chinese restaurants that were here in Charleston. But it was not a way of life the way it was in New York City. Mm -hmm. In New York City, eating Chinese food, and it, it was really, it really um, assumed its most importance in the 20s and 30s. Eating Chinese food was something you did like listening to jazz. It was a way that marked you as being very cool. Um, it had a whole cultural cachet that it never developed in the low country. Two totally separate ways of consuming Chinese food. And totally different accessibility. I mean, there were chop suey parlors on every corner in New York City. That was never the case in Charleston. Yeah. Were there, were there, but there were some Chinese food restaurants, Chinese yes. American food restaurants. And there were some yeah. Chinese American restaurants, right. But they were not, I remember, I remember too, that in the 1920s and 1930s, Charleston was not a dining out culture mm -mm. the way that New York was. So, mm -mm. you know, someone may have shown up to, again, serve chop suey, but it didn't attract the kind, it was not as popular. So mm -hmm. these places didn't thrive. And so many of many people who grew up in the North remember going, I mean, with their parents or their grandparents, depending on their age. To, we all know these restaurants with the, you know, the red leather bound menu and the, you know, the fake fish and the fountain and all of that. Um Charleston historically doesn't have a bunch of those places. Um, we have, you know, there's a place on Rivers um, that opened like 1980s. And of the ex ex extant Chinese restaurants, that's one of the oldest. I mean, that that's kind of when it started coming here. So. So I think one of the things that like my mind immediately went to is demographics, right? Mm -hmm. Like that's that's sort of, okay, can we explain this in 
terms of how many Chinese Americans there are in this region. And I think that does tell a lot of the story, right? That's really the whole story. So again, as I said at the outset, whatever cuisine it is you're missing, whether it be, you know, Northern Indian or Southern Thai or you know, Filipino, Vietnamese, obviously I'm saying primarily Asian restaurants, but that same, you know, we could also talk about various uh, countries throughout Latin America or throughout Africa, sure. whatever. You say, boy, I wonder where the X place is. First, ask yourself, where are the X people? You right. need the people for the restaurant. And what we know, which is really problematic, is oftentimes Americans are more interested in the food than the people who make it. Right. So the people have to come first. And they have to come first in many of these uh, cultures and communities because they are the people who ultimately support these restaurants. And I'm getting a little further away from Chinese-American restaurants because they have a longer history in this country. But when we talk about Thai restaurant, Vietnamese restaurant, Indian restaurant, again, to mention some of those which are mentioned to me most frequently, the way they make their money is not the way most restaurants in Charleston make their money, which is selling a lot of liquor. Um, in some cases, again, we're also short on a lot of restaurants. I mean, restaurants throughout the Muslim world, there's a reason they're not making money off liquor. It's right. not part of what they you know, allow in the restaurant. They're not making money off liquor. What they're making money off of are big banquets, big parties, mm -hmm. big family affairs. Weddings. Weddings. Celebrations. Yes, of all of these things. So if you don't have a vibrant community to support these places, you won't have these places. And it's also the reason why when you go to a place like New York, um, to just to continue the New York example, yeah. um, you often find that Chinese American restaurants appear to be structured like banquet halls. <laughs> yeah, right. Why is it so big? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. What, are, what is this elaborate mural here? <laughs> right, 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 right. I mean, the whole idea of the Lazy Susan and the table that can be expanded to accommodate 16 people, that's because that's that's where these restaurants come from. So take me back to, so we're back here in the low country and the, and the fundamental problem such as it is remains, which is when you have had a long week at work and you want to just go home on a Friday night and pop on some Netflix and order some lo mein, you open up DoorDash or whatever your delivery uh, app of choice is, and there just really isn't a lot of uh, offering yeah. in the Chinese-American genre. No. But there are, if I'm not mistaken, there are a few here and there that you found when you've diligently researched this question. <laughs> uh, are there any that you trust to be like a good comfort food Chinese-American Chinese option or not really? Um, I mean, they're all kind of okay. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, folks love Red Orchid. That's sort of a standby for a lot of people around here. I think they do a nice job. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, I'm hesitant to endorse any particular place, um, maybe with the exception of Golden Gardens, which is out of Mount Pleasant. But I don't think that's the kind of place most of our readers are looking for. It is um, – it's more like a Chinese takeout. We all know these places with the lit-up menu board. Um and they have a full Chinese menu, Chinese Chinese, um, where you can eat some of the things that are uh, those of us who grew up with Chinese American food in this country might find more interesting. I don't know. So Golden Gardens does a great job, but I don't think that's going to like scratch the itch for people who want a wonton soup with fried wonton. I mean, that's a whole other thing. Yeah. And yeah. we also see that there's. Yeah, so disappointment continues for <laughs> yeah. that that category or that uh, subsector of our uh, subscriber base. But yeah. we also see that there's a little bit of a hint of some like Chinese Chinese 
uh, cuisine in the Low Country. Right. And so, as I said, so Golden Gardens is an example. That's an immigrant-owned and run restaurant. So they're cooking the food of where they came from. I think, I think, I think, I'm trying. I've done some um, noodle making with one of them. And best that I can understand, although I brought an interpreter with me, I think it's where they're from, but it could be a different region in China. Mm-hmm. So don't don't okay. relate to that. Um, but yeah, there are definitely, for instance, um, Kwai Fei is a place run by a white guy who's just interested in Chinese food. He just returned last week from a trip to Sichuan. So uh, yeah, so it's not like you can't access these flavors at all. Um, and certainly, as you say, these Chinese Chinese flavors, there is a mounting interest did not exist, you know, 10 years ago, for yeah. sure. What did exist was sort of the Southern spin on Chinese American food, which is essentially Southern food. And that continues to exist in small little Chinese places around town, which is um, basically all they're selling is uh, fried chicken and white rice. That's it. I mean, they're selling wings and rice. They're selling, you know, what we think of as Southern food. And they call it Chinese food. But if you go through South Carolina and many small towns, you'll find, like, maybe there's a barbecue place, but there's probably a Chinese place, what's called a Chinese place. And it is often Chinese-owned and run. But what they serve is really Southern Chinese-American food, which is an entirely different thing than Northern Chinese-American food. Right. It's heavy on pork, which for obvious reasons, Northern Chinese-American food isn't. Although when it is, this is a whole other reason that you eat Chinese food. It's chopped up really small, typically, so you don't know what you're eating. Uh, whereas at the ch- in Southern Chinese-American restaurants, um, you're more likely to get spare ribs. On the menu up north, very much more popular here. Gotcha. Yeah. Wow, I never knew that there was that much of a uh, that there was that much of a distinction between like northern and southern Chinese American food. It's underreported. Yeah. Like no, yeah, yeah. It's really interesting. I mean, when I did this story about the restaurant on Rivers, which um, I adore. I mean, it's just a lovely place. This couple um, raised their children there. Um, they went on to be incredibly successful. I can't remember their lawyers and doctor. You know, it's one of these great, great, great American stories. Um, when I spoke to some of their regular customers who come there a couple times a week, they tend to alternate between going there and going to Bertha's, which is a soul food restaurant hmm. also yeah, in yeah. Charleston. You know, so that's kind of where it fits in. And that's the way that's the kind of eating they do there. Um I think it's really interesting. It's just very, it's a very different uh, way of eating. Is part of the challenge that since the demographics, uh, and since there are so few Chinese Americans in this part of the country, um, like they can't, a Chinese American restaurant can't count on like basically having regulars. Like, you right. Know, yeah. So, yeah, so we talked about the banquets already. And in terms of the regulars, again, going back to my thesis about Jews and Chinese food, I mean, I grew up in a family, and this is not unusual, that, you know, we went for Chinese every Sunday night, once a week. That's a regular. And so if you live in a place where there are families that that is their habit, that that helps. Traditionally here, it wasn't anybody's habit. So this is what I, was, I meant to say earlier, or at least was leading up to say, the demographics here are changing in terms of clientele. So now there are probably a good number of people that are in the habit of eating Chinese American food regularly. That wasn't true 10 years ago. So it's like, I was like, who would open that restaurant? Nobody's going to come because it's not, there's, again, to exclude, I mean, to focus once more on the Jewish community, there's a, the Jewish community in Charleston is older than just about any community in this country, but it wasn't a Jewish community eating Chinese food. Mm-hmm. So, you know, so it's like, well, so that doesn't help. It doesn't help, you know, if this not part of your habit. But now the influx of New Yorkers and people from New Jersey is so intense. I think we're going to see a good Chinese-American restaurant within the next 
two years. That was going to be my question. Is this a business opportunity? I mean, uh, Chinese American restaurateurs are extremely entrepreneurial and proven that this concept can work. Like, it seems like we're almost ripe for this, right? I I think it's going to happen, which I wouldn't have said. Three years ago, I never did. I mean, that's what you know. When so I so it's that recently that you think we've oh, reached. Oh, it's, yeah. it's just yeah, it's been like a watershed moment for. I mean, I think it's absolutely going to happen. And so, if and when it does, yeah, uh, is I'm there take a cut? <laughs> <laughs> well, now you'll have an answer. I, assuming it's good, we hope it's good, and it, it, you know this theoretical restaurant yeah. actually lives up to everyone's expectations for it. But you'll have an answer to that question that everyone keeps on sending to you <laughs> ad nauseum. Oh, I mean, I can't wait. I should rather than take a cut. I really should be a backer of this you restaurant. Should open the restaurant. I should open the restaurant. I just don't want to answer this question anymore because <laughs> I mean, look, my answer is always. Is. And again, it doesn't matter what you're asking for. And I've said this before, but I'm going to say it again because it's such a it's the hill I'll die on, I think. But you you can't move to Charleston expecting the place you came from plus the beach. It's just not how it works. So it's great that you love the Chinese food from wherever you came from, but you can't be shocked if we don't have it here. So I am always encouraging people to enjoy the unique things that Charleston does have to offer. So I guess I'm glad we'll be getting a Chinese American restaurant. I mean, I say it now like it's just, you know, it's absolutely going to happen. Um, but, <laughs> but, you know, I don't think anyone here has any interest in Charleston just becoming New York City junior. You know, that's silly. Uh, you so, probably meet a couple real estate yeah, developers. Actually, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's probably true. Yeah. So I'm sure we can find someone. Yeah. So I, I always, I mean, I always just want to use that opportunity to encourage people to find the things that are unique and special about eating in the low country. Um rather than just lamenting what they left back home. Fair enough. Right, have you ever been to Lou's in Greenville? Do you know anything about that? No, I was just in Greenville. What's Lou's? Lou's, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's interesting. It's been there for a really long time. It's uh, kind of like a, I think basically what you're describing, it, it's uh, I think like a, over 12 years old. It's been there as long as I can remember. Uh, and it's doing really well. It's a like, nice, like huge sit-down Chinese, like American Chinese food restaurant. Interesting. Like uh, everything you can get at P.F. Chang, you can get there. Ah, P.F. Chang's. I mean, I wonder. <laughs> but like it, it was there like way before like Greenville ever got a P.F. Chang. But it's yeah. it's like one of the more popular like family restaurants in Greenville that people or and it's also real popular for uh, like business lunches, like all the. Yeah, there are. Look, there is no shortage of reasons to recommend a Chinese American restaurant. I haven't been to lose. But I, what, what got me curious is I wonder if P.F. Chang's has paved the way in parts of the South. Um, mm-hmm. I, I don't know what role P.F. Chang's has, has has played as well as places. Is there like, a P.F. Chang's in Charleston? There's one Pleasant. in Mount Pleasant. Mount Pleasant. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. But the reason I say this because I remember we got a P.F. Chang's when I was living in Asheville pretty early. It was one mm-hmm. of the first like glitzy chains. Early but, adopter. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And it was it was a big deal. At that time, we did not have a really – I think what we did for Chinese American food. That too did not have anything along the line of a, a lose. I don't mm-hmm. know. Yeah. So lose in Greenville, that's a move? I think so. Yeah. I like it. I was I ate there last week. What were you doing in Greenville? I was visiting my parents. Yeah. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. What'd you get? What did I get? I got what they call Lou Spicy Chicken, which is their take on General Styles. It's like they're, you know, they're, they they have their menus too busy, um, like a lot of places. But I, I I think it's it's one of their quote unquote specialties. It's good. So we'll we'll get back to Chinese food. But uh, I was just in Greenville myself and ate at a place called Oak Hill. Have you found I this place? There, I no. think it's brand new. But I just want to take a moment because I've been trying to think about how to write about it or how to present it. And it seems like the easiest thing is just to say its name right now, which is that I really enjoyed it. So it uh-huh. is um, 
I guess it's on a farm. I think it's a little bit more on a yard. I don't know. So, but it's certainly, <laughs> they serve the kind of food you would expect if it was uh, really on a farm. So um, it is all, you know, fresh vegetable forward and all of that, but it's super fun. Um, it's, you know, it is, it's a nice night out. Apparently I didn't realize this, but my Danny companion realized the former governor was to our right. So it's, um, it's, Fancy-ish, I guess, but uh, food was terrific, and it was just kind of weird without being derivative. It's yeah, check it out, Oak Hill in Greenville. Oak Hill, mm. yes, Oak Hill. yeah, okay. really like that. Not Chinese food, not no. at all. That's why I apologize. So we it's okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, but my point is, it doesn't always have to be Chinese food, no. right? Yeah. No, that's yeah. true. I love Chinese food. But. Me too. What's your favorite Chinese food? Um, Chinese American. Yeah, great. Yeah. No, no, I know what you meant. I try to think. I mean, do I have like a go-to order? Um. Hmm. I mean, I I definitely grew up on mushu pork. Yeah, mushu pork. <laughs> I am. I think mushu is good for really sure. Good. I like egg viang. That's okay. the one with the, the, the pancake? That's the mushu. Yeah. Yeah. So you can leave it with whatever. I'm yeah. a big fan of beef and broccoli for whatever reason. Very yeah, simple. Beef and broccoli is great. Very simple. Yeah. yeah. Um, hot and sour soup is great. Oh, yeah. <laughs> this used to be my, that might be the most important thing. When I moved from, or before I moved from New York, Chinese food was like my sad Sunday night dinner. Yeah, I always um, have. Yeah, Sunday night. like really like bleak. Like the work week is coming yes. up. Yes. Like you want to watch, you're going to watch some HBO, but yep. like after that, it's all over. <laughs> yeah. And so you get like $40 worth of Chinese food right. delivered to your terrible apartment yep. Yep. and just sit there and eat the pain away. That yeah. was like, that was the whole. That Chinese food filled inside me exactly. as, a, as a New Yorker. Yeah, right. And now I'm happy to say as a Charleston resident, that hole doesn't really exist, um, which I guess is good because Chinese food doesn't really right. exist. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, dear. Um, okay, cool. Well, I feel like hopefully enough people listen to the winnow and pass this around. Or not, I have a new link to send out. So, yes, yes, you have a new link to send out. Yeah, we're slowly building like just a sheer volume of documentation on this right. where hopefully people will finally take the hint. But if you're listening to this and you've been wondering, uh, you know, the same question to yourself or recently a new Charleston friend uh, has asked you um, where the Chinese food is, hopefully you'll send them this edition or this episode of The Winnow uh, that attempts to answer that question. Thanks for suggesting it, Dave. I appreciate it. Yeah. Well, I mean, it came from me getting shot down on my pitch. So. <laughs> I had to do something with this. Waste. It's not a total waste. Not a total waste of time. Yeah. So, if you want to uh, read more about this issue, as we, Dave and I have both said, we've written about it. I mean. In abundance. So, but you can't access all of those stories unless you're a subscriber. You must subscribe. you will exceed your paywall so quickly if you look for our coverage <laughs> of local Chinese uh, and Asian food generally. So, to subscribe, Dave, how do you do it? You go to postingcurrier.com, you look for that big orange button, and you slam down the cursor and then follow the prompts to uh, subscribe to our digital edition or our digital uh, uh, publication. It will sell you well, a print edition yeah, too. You can yeah. get it delivered you can get if you it, want. You can get it both. It's I do a very both. If you're in the area. Yeah. And it's not just about the Chinese food, obviously. It's <laughs> right. about uh, all our coverage, not just food coverage. But uh, but go check it out, pushandcourier.com. Look for the big orange button. And uh, we do hope you'll consider subscribing. The Winnow is free. Our food newsletter is free. Our Facebook group is free. But to get the full Post and Courier experience, uh, you do have to subscribe. I'm subscribed. I love it. Not just because I work here. And we hope you will too. 
All right, and that is it for this edition of The Winnow. Again, I'm Hannah Raskin. You can reach me at hraskin at postandcourier.com. And I'm Dave Infante, and that's dinfante at postandcourier.com. And that's all for this episode of The Winnow. The Winnow is a production of The Post and Courier in Charleston, South Carolina. It was edited and directed by me. I'm J.M. Ray Parker. See y'all later.